0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Tamara Hiller on with us. She is a licensed midwife and professional herbalist and helps people to address the root cause of their health issues with effective herbal strategies from science-based phytotherapy, ancient Ayurveda, traditional Chinese and Western herbalism. Welcome to the show, Tamara.
1: Thank you. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Yeah. So I would love to know a little bit more about your background and how you first got interested in herbalism.
1: Yeah, I actually, I became a midwife in my 20s when I still lived in Germany, I grew up there, so I, I saw right away I wanted to go straight into home birth and more the alternative uh, birth world, and that's what I did, and I worked a couple of years as a birth, uh, home birth midwife, and of course in this case also we used herbs and natural treatments, Um, in pregnancy for birth and after pregnancy and all that. But yeah, it was later in my life when I had my own health challenges that I really wanted to dig deeper into herbal medicine and natural medicines. And yeah, so I studied like a broad range of Western herbalism, phytotherapy, Ayurveda, including Chinese herbs. And yeah, it's just it was amazing to see how much you can actually do with uh, natural medicine. It was even surprising to me um, because, yeah, it's once you you get deeper into it, it's yeah, it's just fascinating what it can do to turn around health issues. Mm. I love that.
0: Well, I would love to know because, um, you know, I've studied herbalist or herbalism briefly. Like I'm such a baby beginner in this but i know that we all kind of have our favorite you know herbs to work with so i would love to know kind of what are your favorite herbs to work with oh gosh yeah
1: how many <laughs> Kind of yeah <laughs> it's really difficult you know i mean it also changes yes. with the seasons and everything and i mean i'm constantly expanding my horizon also like uh, uh, of course i can't try out all the herbs i know about on on myself but i i tried out many on myself of course on my family and yeah i use many of uh, the ayurvedic herbs that are usually used in powder form we have ashwagandha and shatavari, those are all things we can go into more detail uh, later and yeah, the Chinese herbs they are more um, usually prepared as a decoction, that means you make a tea, you have to brew them for half an hour, one hour, it's often roots that you have to yeah, decoct for longer and yeah there are some fantastic ones there also um and yeah and even the herbs that grow outside you know i'm always excited every year i discover some new herbs that grow right outside my door we have also many wild herbs that uh yeah we can use as a tea that taste great or that have certain benefits uh, for colds and flus or something so yeah i constantly expand my herbs and um the herbs i use and discover in nature so yeah it's an ongoing journey i would say mm-hmm. When people are working with herbs or if they're, um,
0: you know, brand new to it, is this something that you recommend people kind of self self self-prescribing herbs to themselves or working with someone like yourself who has more experience to kind of guide people in the right direction?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because, you know, what changed in the last, over the last 20 years now, we have lots of herbs available and herbal supplements in capsule form, in extract form, all kinds of uh, herbs that we have easy access to. But the knowledge and how to really use the herbs, of course, if you have a chronic health condition, and even if it's just, you know, your digestion, your headaches, whatever, like a, a issue that you might think about as a minor issue, but it can be, of course, yeah, you can... Get more specific help with the herbs if you know how to use them and which dose to use them. So, I often see people using too little of a certain herb, maybe it's the right herb, but it's not enough of it to do the job. Uh, But there's on the other side also many, many herbs you can incorporate into your daily routine just to keep you healthy. This is also a very big strategy in Ayurveda that you take herbs daily to maintain your health. And yeah, those are some easy ones, That Those are herbs you can use as a tea or in powder form and capsule form. And they are very safe to take. There is practically no way of overdosing or it's, it's, they're not, you know, yeah, there's no, no big risk involved. So this is where we can experiment, create our own tea blends and just take herbs uh, as a superfood, you know, it's, it's almost, it's, it's a bit more than a superfood sometimes. I mean, other herbs are way more, they are real medicine and they have a very specific action, but we have many herbs that have a broad, a broader action, you know, that they kind of strengthen our system, especially Ayurveda, but all the bigger system also in Chinese medicine, um, they are known for their tonic herbs or from the Western perspective, we would call them adaptogens. And in Ayurveda, sometimes we hear the term grasayana. Those are all not exactly the same, but they are overlapping concepts of, you know, taking an herb that regulates and balances stress, regulates your hormones, uh, boosts a bit the immune system, and just helps you in a very general beneficial way to maintain your health. And those are great herbs to to just take every day. You do not need a prescription for that. Mm. Perfect. That's great. Because I think sometimes that can be a
0: um, something that people get confused about, or you see maybe on social media, you know, posts about herbs. And then you kind of are like, Oh, should that be for me? Um, so that's some great tips right there. Yeah. So I want to dive now into some Ayurvedic herbs and for you to share a little bit about them and, um, maybe who could benefit from the, from them and, you know, what they, what they do and what their, um, you know, your goal would be for taking them. So let's start with, uh, Ashwagandha. Cause that one's kind of all over the media the last probably yeah. year or so.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is uh, yeah, my teacher would say it's an overnight overnight 40 years sensation because, of course, this has been uh, he has been using ashwagandha uh, 40 years in his career, and yeah, this is the teacher where I uh I studied herbalism with KP Kalsa And uh, you know, sometimes herbs get popular for some reason and then they're all over, and this happened to ashwagandha, but it is really an amazing herb, so it is a very important herb in Ayurveda, and it is actually ex- uh, exactly one of those that I just mentioned. We could call this from the, the Western herbalism perspective, an adaptogen. It means like it balances stress and the hormones, the immune system. So it has this very, uh, you can use it for this very general health benefits. You can also use it and then you, it would be better, you know, if you talk to a practitioner to find out the dose and take maybe a bit of higher dose, it's also very effective for anxiety and to regulate the sleep cycle. So you can address some pretty severe Issues also with it if somebody has adrenal fatigue or uh, thyroid um, uh, hypofunction, hypothyroid, or um, yeah, several ser- more serious health issues can be uh, addressed with ashwagandha. But the dose has to be yeah a certain dose and also a certain duration of taking it. It's not useful just taking it for a month. So those are more slow acting herbs. Uh, so ashwagandha, it would. Traditionally be taken in India, in Ayurveda, you know, people would start from puberty on. So it's not an herb you give to children because it works a bit also on our sexual hormones. Uh, So after puberty, it's safe to take. And then you would just take a couple of grams per day, maybe three to five, six grams in powder form. So that's maybe a teaspoon or two every day. Uh, to prevent health issues and to to strengthen you, give you more stamina, energy and all that. If you start later in life, let's say you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s and you have like um, anxiety or sleep problems or some kind of chronic health issues, the doses can be much higher than that. So then uh, I give it by the tablespoon actually. So it's not rare to give maybe 15 grams or even higher uh, in powder form every day and it does not work right away after taking it. So it also doesn't make you sleepy. Um, it regulates the circadian rhythm, but it's not that you take it and get sleepy. So you can take it anytime during the day. And usually the effect on the sleep or on anxiety or some or fatigue that you might notice, you notice them after two weeks of taking it. So if you take a high enough dose for you, for your specific situation, you would feel an effect like 10 days, two weeks after. And you feel, wow, I'm not tired anymore after lunch. Or, hey, my anxiety is gone. Did I even have that? And yeah, all kinds of little miracles can can happen. And then it's a good thing, you know, to keep taking it and keep taking your dose, maybe a higher dose for about six months. And let's, yeah, then we usually see if you can gradually go down a bit on a maintenance dose. So this would be the dose then that you take, uh, yeah, really for for years, sometimes even to just maintain everything in balance. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. Um, cause sometimes the
0: herbs, is this something that people would take then daily for the rest of their life? Or is this something where you want people on it for a set period of time and then slowly wean off of it?
1: Yeah, so yeah, there are many herbs, you know, you take them for a month or a couple of months or whatever for a specific action that you want. But the ashwagandha is really a tonic You get the more benefit, the more, the longer you take it. So it's an herb that is meant to be taken long term. So um, yeah, the dose would, would be the other issue, you know, this would be um, more tailored to your situation. Eh? If you need just a very low maintenance dose and that's fine. Or if we need a higher dose for a certain period of time and then switch back to maintenance dose. But yeah, it's, it's a good herb to really take long term. You can of course switch it out at other th- things. It might be necessary to take other things if you really want to address chronic health issues, but yeah, it's a, it's more a long-term herb. Yes. And is this like
0: uh, when you say for taking it, is this like in a tea form, just some warm water and mix it in there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good question. No, it does not take good at all in a tea. And that's also not how Ayurveda uses it. It might might be possible, you know, but we don't have a, uh, yeah, we don't have a good understanding is... Is it good? uh, Does it dissolve in water? Is it water soluble? Or uh, what is it? You know, it's the powdered root. So traditionally in Ayurveda, they give it as a powder and you would swallow the the powder. But of course, you can mix it into something like Ayurveda uses traditionally ghee or honey or milk or ashwagandha as a base. You can, of course, use any plant milk or uh, yogurt, or yeah, some of those milky substances are pretty good, that, those that contain some fat, because they kind of enrobe a bit the, the powder, so it doesn't take, taste so uh, bitter. It has a bit a bitter taste, so you would have to get used to it slowly. I have also good experiences, some of my clients tell me, uh, yeah, they made a smoothie with some banana, some chocolate powder, or with the base uh, beetroot juice, or something really sweet, so it covers a bit up the taste. I mean, you can't practically do anything to get it down. that's that's the thing. It's not an herb that is so easy to take in capsule form, because mm. imagine, in, a, in one capsule, we have half a gram, so mm. I was talking doses, you know, more like in the 10, 15 grams range, this would be 30 capsules. So if you mm-hmm. are on a bit higher dose, then the capsules are not the best option. Mm-hmm. Then it would be really good if you just, and, and buy it by the pound, you know, it's really a thing. Uh, yeah. You want a pound or two to really be stocked up with it and yeah, to take it long-term and um, in, a, in the dose that is right for your situation Yeah.
0: Okay, perfect. Um, and what about Shatavari? What about that herb? Can you tell us yeah. a little bit
1: about that one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Shatavari and Ashwagandha, you can really mention them in, in the same sentence because Ashwagandha is the traditional male tonifying herb and Shatavari, the female tonifying herb. But that doesn't mean that, you know, men can just as well take Shatavari and women. It's, I have given it to many women. Uh, it's a great herb for women too. But in terms of the energies, you know, Ashwagandha. Uh, is a bit more warming and uh, drying and shatavari is more cool and moist so here we see also those yin yang qualities or ayurveda has also terms to describe uh, those female male energies so shatavari this moistening nourishing uh, first i have to say it's an asparagus root so it's a type Mm. of wild asparagus and it's the powdered root and it's, yeah, it's the female tonic. So everything related to your period, your female hormones for menopause, it's a great herb. If you give it in the right dose, and I'm also talking more like higher doses, 20, gram, 20 grams and more for certain issues, uh, you can yeah, just stop hot flashes with it or other menopause issues. So this is a hormonal regulator. Yeah, it, it, it does not, um, we don't know if it contains phytoestrogens or something in that direction, but it acts like it. But this may be just, you know, that it it balances all the functions in the bodies. You know, it is not an herb that would send you too high in a certain, you know, if your estrogen is already too high, it would not make it higher. It's a balancing herb. You know? So it is probably just regulating your hormones helping with fertility or vaginal dryness all those things yeah it's a great women's herb you can take it also in combination with the ashwagandha that's actually often done in ayurveda you know ayurveda is also very concerned you know to to not give a hot herb to somebody who is already hot or a cold herb to somebody who has already a bit of colder constitution so if you use half half shatavari and ashwagandha you balance out you neutralize the formula it's a tridoshic combination let's say because the ashwagandha is a bit on the warming side and drying side and shatavari a bit more on the moistening cooling side slightly you know those are not very hot not like ginger garlic or um, chilies or something those are on the scale they are already pretty close to neutral so also those two herbs are pretty safe to use for yeah many people so this fits for many issues and and types of of health conditions
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that's something that I learned too, is that the Shittabri, you know, sometimes is better for females than the ashwagandha, depending on what you're treating. So, um, that was helpful because that's one that hasn't been picked up by mainstream media, but I was like, oh, that's such a good herb too. And yeah, sharing yeah. the effect, the cooling and the, the drying and the heating, all of that, I think makes a difference. Cause you know, that's all the doshas I'm going through this. And then that can kind of help you decide what herb you want to take depending on what's exactly. going on.
1: Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, we don't have to. Um, yeah, those are not extreme herbs. Like I said, they are a bit on the cooling side. Like shatavari is not super cooling; it's a bit on the cooling side. So they are pretty close to neutral. So you wouldn't make a big mistake uh, recommending this to somebody. Perfect. That's great to know. And that's going to be taken the same as the ashwagandha in the ghee, yeah, milk, honey. Exactly. The shatavari, I think, is even a bit more neutral in taste. So okay. it's no problem to just add it to a smoothie or something, or yeah, some warm milk or plant based uh, milk or drink that you have. So in, I like it in those milky, uh, yeah, it kind of covers up uh, the taste a bit. But the shatavari is pretty neutral. Yeah. You can also stir it into some oatmeal. You know, you can take any mashed mm-hmm. food, even if you have your lunch, you know, you mash up some vegetables, put the powder in. In a portion of what you have on your plate, not the whole plate, but kind of in a couple of tablespoons of some mushy food or your oatmeal, you mix it in and eat it that way. That would also perfectly be fine. Mm, that's a great idea. Yeah. All right. The
0: next herb that I have on my list is um, go to cola or brahmi. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a wonderful herb. Also, one of my favorites, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, there are people I have to watch out because brahmi is the name of several herbs, mostly gotu-cola and also bacopa. So always check the label. Sometimes you buy an herb called brami it might be bakopa and not gotu-cola. Mm-hmm. So the botanical name, just to be sure, just check also the botanical name, it might say centella asiatica, and then it is the gotu-cola. Okay. Yeah, it's an amazing herb. Yeah, it's used uh, for the mind, for the nervous system. It's also great for the skin. So it, seems it just um, heals all uh, connective tissue and nerve tissue. It totally restores it uh, and it can give you better brain function. It's good for memory or um, yeah, all kinds of brain issues, actually. It is more on the cooling side. So this one, yes, is a bit cooling, but still, you know, you can always balance this off even if you want to use it in a more butter type. Uh, person or you you could still use it i think and um ayurveda uses it in powder form but it's also a nice herb to buy as a dried leaf if you can get it Mm -hmm. i like this a bit more Mm -hmm. so you can buy the dried leaf also buy it by the pound um because you need a high dose this is definitely a high dose herb it's not doing anything. If you take like half a gram or a gram or a capsule or something, uh, you won't get any benefits. Imagine this is an herb that grows in tropical climates in India. I have even seen it growing in South America next to the beach, like it covers the ground Mm -hmm. and it's just a flimsy leafy salad leaf, you know. Because before we were talking about the Ashwagandha and the Shatavadi, those are roots. So they are by nature, they're more concentrated. The root concentrates active ingredients. But if we have a leaf, then we know, yeah, we might need a higher dose depending on the plant. So gotu kola is very mild. It's like the elephants in India, they graze on that and eat the gotu kola leaf in big quantities. That's why they say elephants have such good memory. So, (laughs) yeah. That's so cool. That's a nice story. So just ima- imagine the elephants grazing away like huge amounts of cola. This is more what we should aim for. If we, ha- we ha- would have it available fresh, it would be wonderful to put it in the sa- in our salad, eat it raw, make a pesto or yeah, just have it in those food-like quantities. But usually we don't have the fresh leaf available. It only grows in the hot climate. So what we have available is the dried leaf or the powder. And we can, I would prefer the dried leaf taste wise because it is very bitter. So you would just brew it, let's say 30 gram of the leaf. This is more than you think. Yeah, this is several tablespoons of the herb is kind of the standard dose that would be good to really get a therapeutic effect. And you pour the hot water over it and let it steep minimum four hours or better even overnight to really extract all the nutrients, the minerals and all the active uh, constituents that we, we want from the goat cola. So you let it sit overnight. Next day, you press it out really well. You can use one of those French presses, those coffee makers that maybe you can dedicate one to just making teas, you know, where you press down the thing and then it already presses out the herb or you just press it with your your hands or a a sieve kind of. And yeah, then you drink it, then it's pretty bitter and you just slug it down as good as you can or also you mix it with um, some sweeter juice or whatever, beetroot juice works well to sweeten it up a bit, Um, that's how I do it. And also it is slow acting, you won't feel anything after the first dose But after two weeks and more, the the longer you take it, you feel an amazing clarity in the mind. You even have the feeling you smell better, you see better, you hear better. Um, It can definitely uh, cure the the loss of smell. For example, if you have that, if you feel like, oh, I'm not smelling and tasting so well. It, yeah, it's good for the mem for memory and all that. For the skin, also you would have to take it for longer. It can completely resolve scar tissue, for example, but after a year or so of taking it every day. So for the healing of old scars, it's a longer process. But for just helping speed up the healing of some more acute issue that you have, anything. This could be broken bone or minor issues that you want to help heal up. You can use the gotu kola more, more short-term or also apply it to the skin, but it's always more effective internally. It's more an herb yeah, that we normally use as a tea internally. Okay. That's good to know. I had, there was a recipe
0: um, I was given in my Ayurveda school and it was to help with varicose veins and, you know, um, gotu cola was the main herb, yeah. the sugar scrub to kind of use to help. Um, but that's good to know that internally it might be more beneficial then.
1: Yeah. Definitely. For varicose veins, I have used it several times internally. And also, as I said, it's a long process. You would really need the 30 grams for about six months. Then maybe you can go down to 15 grams, which is also, it, those are quantities. And if you weigh it out, you will notice, oh, those are several tablespoons of the herb. And um, yeah, you have to take it for a long time, but then it can help heal up the varicose veins. Definitely. Yes. Okay. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Well, now um, I'm going to talk about one of my
0: herbs that I am currently taking, uh, which is trifla. And so I would love for you to share
1: a little bit about that herb. Oh, yeah. This is one, one other herb, you know, that you can just recommend and safely take without any, any warnings or any, anything attached. It's very safe to take. It, is, uh, it contains three different fruits, amla, haritaki, and bibitaki. And, you know, Ayurveda likes this concept of balanced formula, so they also call this formula Tridoshik because it has basically one herb for each dosha, the Amla is for Pitta, Haritaki for Vata, and Bibitaki uh, for Kafam. So those three together create a very balanced formula. Of course, in Ayurveda, they adapt the proportions. So this would be normally, if you buy it in the store, three par- equal parts of each of those uh, fruits. It's actually fruits from trees. Those three um, fruits, and they dry it, grind it up, and combine the powder. But you can, of course, increase the haritaki if you are treating constipation, if or if you have somebody of a more vata type constitution, you can increase the amla if you have a pitta type, and it's more about the uh, more about treating inflammation. So yeah, you can increase change the proportions, but even if you take it straight like this. You would just take, for example, a teaspoon in the evening, stir it into some water. There's a specific way of preparing it. Mm, yeah, how Ayurveda says to take it. So they let it sit. You would pour the water on it and let it sit and then drink the water and fill it up again. And the next morning you drink the water with the powder that's in the bottom of the, of the glass. But basically, any way you can get it in, yeah, is it's great. Yeah, because it also, it has a very intense flavor. It's it's sour and bitter and everything at the same time. So uh, the, the flavor to you will change over time. If you really manage to take it in water, suddenly you might be able to enjoy it more or it tastes more good to you. But in the beginning, it can be a bit over, overwhelming. So I recommend people start with a very low dose, kind of just... Um, a quarter teaspoon or something, stir it into the water, try to drink it. And it would be also possible to encapsulate it. So it depends on the dose you have to take or what you want to do with it. You can take it as a general uh, kind of health prophylaxis. It's good for the eyes and liver, for the detox, for skin. So it works on our detoxing system, but it's not like a strong depleting detoxifier. It's actually half detoxifying, half building. So we also have in all In all senses, it's a very balanced formula. Yeah, you can't go wrong with it, basically. It's safe for children, in pregnancy, for elders. It's wonderful as a laxative, for example, or just for the general benefits, as I said, like skin, eyes, liver, support. So yeah, it's an amazing herb also just to take as a daily uh, ritual um, to support your health. Ooh, okay. So I have
0: a couple questions. So you just said it was safe during pregnancy and this. Um, and then is that like for
1: people fertility wise too, are, is this a safe herb? Yeah, definitely. If you're preparing to um, get pregnant, you know, you will find warnings about anything and everything on the internet today. This is a big problem. I mean, yeah. this herb, Trifala has definitely been taken by by millions or even more Indian women in India in pregnancy, preparing for pregnancy in all the phases. But from a Western standpoint, there's always this warning. We don't know. We don't have yeah. any studies. We don't have sufficient data about this. Yeah. So yeah. We, will, we will never have sufficient data if that's not enough, you know, that millions, billions of Indian women have taken this safely. So, you know, Ayurveda exists since many years, you know, they would have noticed if certain herbs cause certain problems in certain cases. This is all very well documented. And trifala, it is just, imagine, those are three fruits, three different fruits from different trees. They are packed with antioxidants and nutrients. I mean, this is closer to a superfood, you know, this is a very mild and nourishing and amazing uh, uh, fruit, and you are just consuming the dried fruit powder. So,
0: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, cuz when I learned it that was always the herb that people like never recommend during that time. But um, um yeah, I mean yeah. I can see like I can see both sides of it. You know, if you're you're just yeah. making sure to stay safe, but then yeah, of course, you know, millions of Indian women have had this and been all right. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, you know why sense. that might be him? I'm just thinking because it has the laxative action, yeah, mm-hmm. but it is very mild laxative and it does not cause any dependency or it is, the, yeah, it's the best mildest laxative that we have. And actually in, a, in in low doses, if you take one, two grams, you won't even notice the laxative action. I mean, I have clients, you know, if they have really constipation, I need 10 grams, 15 grams, or even more, I need the, the amount I need, you know, to to produce the result and that they have good bowel movements. So it's not an herb that at a couple of grams would cause you to have a bowel movement. Uh, it it does, it is the herb Haritaki mainly that has those substances that uh, help with constipation. And, you know, then you have those general warnings, oh, don't take laxatives in pregnancy or whatever in whatever phase because it could be too laxative or whatever. But you know, knowing that it's a very mild herb and, um, you know, just always start with a small dose and see what happens for you. And actually, I mean, it's a great laxative for pregnant women because it is so absolutely non-toxic and mild. And, but of course you're not going to take 10 grams the first day. And, um, you know, maybe then the laxative action is too strong for you You always start with a gram and then maybe the next day two grams and you kind of gradually find your dose and your body gets used to it and you can see what actually happens in your body.
0: Perfect. And is this something that you can take daily and it's a safe herb to do for the rest of your life daily? Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Perfect. And is it a drying herb? um, you know, no, it's in all those qualities, very balanced. Okay. Um, so no, it's not very drying. No. Okay. Perfect. Um, uh, so that's good. You helped,
0: um, like just misconceptions that I've heard through the years about it. So I feel much more comfortable taking it then. Cause I was told to take it twice a day for a year and just to see how it goes and then, you know, cut it yeah. down to once. So that makes sense.
1: Yeah. That's a good
0: recommendation. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and then for that, for just because the trifla does have such a taste, which I, I will attest that you do get used to it. I was just texting a friend. I'm like, yeah, no, I actually don't mind the taste of it anymore because I've taken it, you know, daily. Um, is that something that's best if you can take it in water or is capsule form of people who are really just can't get over that taste is capsule form an okay way to take it.
1: Yeah. I think yeah, it's totally okay. in capsule form. I mean, of course it's, it is digested a bit uh, faster. You know, you first have to dissolve the capsules and all that, sure. Ayurveda has all those little details of, you know, how to take and and all, yeah, those little details about exactly how to take the herbs, but it's better to take it in capsules than not take it. And I find it works just as well. I get the same effects if I take it in capsules or give it to somebody. So, yeah, I think it's totally fine. It might be wise, you know, to encapsulate your own batch to really buy by the pound, because if you buy a little tub, you know, with 120 capsules for a huge price, then you, you don't go very far with it. Maybe you need five to 10 capsules a day to, to get the effect you want. So you might just buy a pound or a kilo or you know, two pounds and encapsulate it yourself. And you have nice, fresh, um, made your own medicine for yourself for a good price. Perfect. Okay. Well, I just want to
0: talk about, uh, maybe one more herb because um, we're coming up on our time, but what about holy basil or Tulsi? Can you talk about that herb?
1: Yeah. Tulsi is uh, yeah a fantastic herb. As you said, it's called holy basil in English. So it's from this basil mint family, a little plant. It's, it's a great plant to actually grow on your Balcony or somewhere like a sunny spot. In India, it has this story of you know you have this plant at the entrance of your house, and every time when you brush by, you get a whiff of the mm-hmm. the smell, and it enhances uh, your mind uh, quality kind of. Yeah, it can be, it's it's a mind herb. You can take it before meditation, or it has subtle quality to the mind. There is also a big misconception about tulsi that it it became i don't know you know it was not known at all in in the western world and i think it was a company who brought it on the market and marketed the teas yes. you know in india yeah in india you can have all kinds of tea from certain regions and uh, so it's kind of a um, yeah, they they taste all a bit different and they're very, very special. So it was brought to the market and then kind of marketed with this, Oh, it's an amazing herb that's for stress and this and that, but it is not in the same way as those adaptogenic herbs that I mentioned, like ashwagandha those roots, you know, or from other systems, it would be the ginseng or rhodiola and all those herbs that we call adaptogens that really work on your stress and hormonal balance and, uh, uh, immune balance it's not an herb like that yeah it's a more subtle quality and more it's had doesn't have a beneficial long-term effect mm-hmm. yeah it has an effect when you drink it yeah you get more the sattvic state of mind and uh, it, it is a good herb for cold and flu also it's a, what we call a diaphoretic so it makes you sweat mm-hmm. and you can sweat out a cold so that's how it's also used in India if you just grab it fresh or dried and just make a tea out of the leaves and drink the hot tea, go into bed and try to sweat out uh, your cold that you just caught the earlier, the better. So for that, it works great. And the other use, as I said, is more this subtle mind enhancing quality, uh, but in a different way then some, and sometimes it gets confused no, with those other adaptogenic herbs that are mostly roots and that have more this long-term benefit. So Tulsi is a great herb to add to your tea if you like the taste or to have it in case of cold or flu and yeah, to just enjoy it. Maybe enjoy a cup of Tulsi tea before you meditate or do your practices. That would be a nice way to use it. Mm. See, that's good to know too, because I, I know I have a tincture of that.
0: I bought years ago. And that's also another question. So maybe people who are listening also like me have some herbs. Is there a certain time that herbs go bad? Cause I do have some powdered herbs that I'm like, you know, what, what's kind of that date range when we should be using herbs, tinctures?
1: Yeah, of course, if an herb is already ground up to powder, uh, there is a limit or it, let's say it loses the potency gradually. So this is not There's not a point, you know, where you have to throw it out after a year or so. You can still take it. Maybe you need a bit more because it lost a bit of the potency. And it's especially important to just keep oxygen out if you have it uh, tightly wrapped in a tight package where you can press the air out and you store it in a cool place, no direct sunlight. Uh, then it's better than having it in a jar. You know, half of the jar is maybe already empty. So you have a lot of air in there and the air over time oxidizes the powder and maybe light gets in because it's a clear jar. So it depends totally on how you stored it. But I would say um, if it smells fine to you and not like moldy or if it didn't get moist or anything, then you can just still use it and see if it still works, even if it's uh, already lying around for some time. And yeah, the same for dried leaves. And if, if you have an herb that is the whole root pieces, it keeps a bit longer, it keeps a bit better, but all the herbs, it's just good to keep the oxygen away, keep them away from air and light and direct sunlight or heat. And then they keep pretty well.
0: Hmm,
1: perfect. And then are there any other Ayurvedic herbs that we
0: didn't discuss today that you're like, oh, I definitely want everyone to know about this herb.
1: Yeah, of course it is, oh, such a long list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, remember that also the Ayurvedic herbs, Ayurveda is very famous of infusing the herbs into oils that are very high quality that are made with a very ancient traditional method. Like they cook the herbs into the oil over a long time. And it's a very low tech uh, traditional process so you can have all those herbs, like you have, can have a gotu kola-infused oil or some nasya oils that you would put into your nose uh, that are infused with medicine, with several herbs usually. This is also a great way, or you could do your daily oil massage, your apyanga, with an herbal-infused oil, one of those Ayurvedic oils, and this could also be more tailored to your constitution and it's a great way to absorb also the the herbs through the skin and then also don't forget all many herbs that you have in your kitchen like the turmeric or ajwan, fennel cumin black cumin black pepper cardamom anise all those herbs Uh, it's good to use them in cooking on a daily basis you can also make a nice tea out of them or make a chai especially now when when the weather gets colder make a nice hot Tea with all those uh, herbs that they stimulate your digestive juices. In Ayurveda, they say it kindles the agni, so it's also good, always good to help our digestion with those herbs. It can totally prevent gas and bloating and reflux and things like that. Can help with digestion on many many levels. So yeah, sometimes you know we think of those more fancy herbs that we have to buy in a special store or online, but we have many herbs. Uh, maybe in the Indian supermarket around the corner, or even in our normal supermarkets that we can use in our daily cooking. And those are also very potent medicinal herbs that are used for for many, many things in Ayurveda. Most formulas of, of different herbs, Ayurvedic formulas, they actually add a bit of di- those digestive spices to the formula to make them better absorbable in the body. So the the trikatu is one of those mixtures. This is long pepper, black pepper and ginger. Those are three herbs. So if you read trikatu on a label of some Ayurvedic formulation, you know this is added to aid in absorption of the herbs that that you are taking. And this helps with the daily absorption of our nutrients. You know, we can also have those digestive spices in together with our daily meals you can put them in the meal you can drink them as a tea I have a jar here always on my kitchen table I take a couple of teas- one two teaspoons of those seeds like I like cardamom fennel and anise is my current favorite combination so I just take the seeds chew them during my meal before the meal and it makes the food so much easier to digest you know I don't have this feeling of fullness there's no bloating no gas no anything it's like yeah, they just create this wonderful digestive comfort. And I think that's good for many, many people.
0: I love that. And I just wrote that, that digestive uh, recipe down. That's a great, another great tip.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on. It's really hard to,
0: to. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, and you yeah. have a podcast. So can you share, you know, what it is and where people can kind of connect with you at?
1: Yeah. If you look up on your podcasting app, Down to Earth Herbalism with Tamara, down-to-earth herbalism so yeah i i have episodes about all kinds of herbs and for all kinds of issues the latest episode is about herbs that help you sleep Mm. and this is actually the main herb i talk about in this episode is also an ayurvedic herb Mm. that you might have in your kitchen and it's very effective as a sleep remedy and yeah i just try to yeah talk about the herbs i'm passionate about and that i use a lot also with my clients in the one-on-one work and yeah that's just a way to share a bit about herbal wisdom on the internet. Yeah. And then um, what about your website or social media that you like to hang out on? Yeah, my website is herbalhelp.net. So herbalhelp.net, herbal help. And yeah, I have my consultation packages on there if people want to work with me one-on-one for chronic health issues. And my Instagram is herbal.help. It's also a good way. If somebody wants to write me or through the Instagram or through my website, there's contact form. So yeah, Instagram is herbal.help. All right. Thank you. Um, I have so many notes. So thank you so
0: much for sharing all of your wisdom with us. And I just have one final question. Um, I always like to end with a weekly challenge. And when I have a guest on, I have the guest throw out the weekly challenge to everyone.
1: So what would you like that to be this week? Yeah, so what about buying one of those herbs that we talked about, maybe trifala or ashwagandha and just start taking a couple of grams every day and see what happens. I love it, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Tamara, for coming
0: on and um, you know giving us all of this great information. Hopefully everyone else was taking notes as well and got ideas of um, what herb might be best for them. So thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. It was really fun. And everyone
0: go out there and spread your peaceful power.